In a world where it seems like there's so much going wrong, I want you to see the people who are spending their lives doing and seeing the good. Welcome to the Doing Good Podcast, where we discuss the stories of people who are changing the world in their own way. I'm your host, Carmen Herbert. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Doing Good. And I am so excited to welcome today Wayne Burton. Wayne is a fellow Canadian. He's born and raised in Alberta, Canada. I am, for those like, what do you mean fellow Canadian? I was also born in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. And Wayne began pursuing his musical interests early in life. His mother said that he was playing some songs on the piano by ear by age three. By ear, of course, means you just listen to it and then you can pick it up without any music, which is incredible as a three-year-old to be able to do that. With a musical family and a mother who was a piano teacher, Wayne went through training mainly on the piano in his younger years. Eventually, he came to love using his talents to share faith and bear testimony of the Savior through his music. He's now released a number of different albums, including four in Spanish and seven more languages. Ten of his songs have been used for former EFY program music, including four from the 2019 Trust With All Thine Heart album. Though each album and song may be different in style, they all have the theme of coming to know God and aspiring to walk in His way. Wayne and his wife, Jasmine, have five children, and they live in southern Alberta, Canada, where he practices family medicine. He recently released an album, All I Need to Know, and he is working on another one called Live Your Love, which will be out in October. Wayne, thank you so much for coming on Doing Good. Thank you. Glad to be here today. Okay, so was piano something that your parents introduced you to, or was it something you naturally gravitated toward? Well, I think even being three and picking out melodies, I still was surrounded by my mother doing piano all the time. And so I'm sure even though I don't remember that early, I think that's where it began. My mom was a very musical lady. She taught piano lessons and helped support the family that way. And even at at the peak, I think she had about 32 students. So she kept very busy. And my dad was musical as well. So I just, I think I was started from day one in a a musical home. And was did your mom say okay before you can learn any other instruments or do anything else piano was first or did you want to play piano i i wanted to i i thought it was fun and i had access to it and you know my mom certainly got me going in piano lessons right away fairly early yeah. and and she she tried teaching me i was gonna say did she <laughs> teach you or get it <laughs> it's, it's the same yeah it's the same story so many households uh-huh. can tell Yes. Um, you know, I was the the stubborn kid, didn't want to do what mom told me. And and it really, you know, sometimes just felt futile to her. And so so she at times got me over to someone else to teach me piano lessons and sometimes used bribes. Yeah. And never had to had to be. And so yeah, certainly piano was where it started. And and I I obviously needed some nudging, but it, it started to take hold eventually. And I, you know, at one point I I told my mom, I said, I'm, I'm just too busy. You know, I'm going into high school. I'm too busy to do piano lessons anymore and practicing. Sure. And I have to quit because I'm too busy. And then, you know, immediately after that, I was spending more time on the piano, <laughs> you know, just doing my own things and kind of just go taking it where it led me. And, you know, I guess that was more likely to give me something that was going to last till today, you know, that I was sure. doing what I loved. 
Well, and maybe if it if you didn't feel like it was an obligation, you did do it out of love and because you yeah. wanted to instead of I have to learn the song, I have to practice the scale, I have to put in my time. It was yeah. oh, this is something I can escape to instead of drudgery that you had yeah. to do it. Yeah, it became less kind of technical and and just a little more heart heart based. So that's the way to do it eventually. You that need, is you, the way you need to the do core. It. Yeah, I think it's great if you can get the core skills, but I but I, I know that really you got to love what you're doing too. I'm still in the strongly encouraging phase with my boys. And yeah. I won't let them quit and give up their musical instruments. They're fighting me hard. But <laughs> Hang in there. I know. I know. And something my son's, one, of, one lady just told my son, he's 13 and really pushing hard against practicing. And she said, stick with music because music sticks with you. And I'm like, oh, please remember that. And because it does, it, you, I'm like, eventually you will fall in love with it. Right now, it's, it, it, I have to do it. I have to do it. But you'll get to a point where it'll be something that is, you'll run to that, that will yeah. heal you, that will become part of your life. So how old were you, Wayne, when you wrote your first song? You know, that's funny. I just did a, I, I've been doing a little series of kind of introducing Wayne on, on social media. Uh, to to new new listeners and and I just did a video like a week ago that was about that question oh, and, awesome. and I was almost when I was doing it, I thought why am I doing this? this is embarrassing because my first song that I can remember writing was called Inflation so how fitting right <laughs> it was just this weird little preteen song I wrote about going and buying a stereo and the prices were too high and stuff like that so, that is hilarious. What was important to me then, I guess. Right. Well, that's so did you buy did your mom say if you you have to buy your own musical instruments and microphones and whatever else that you wanted? You know, a lot of a lot of what went into my music when I was living at home was just me and a pencil and a paper, you know. So so it didn't require a lot. It was kind of after I uh, got out of the home and stuff that I started kind of the public part of my musical career. So Yeah. That is so funny. So you wrote this song called Inflation. And then tell me about writing songs that are centered around the Savior. Was that something that you, it was like a natural progression as your testimony grew and became stronger? Or did you feel like, man, I, I wonder if I could use my musical talent to bear my testimony? Yeah, yeah. I'd love to jump ahead beyond that first song. You know, <laughs> I I went through a bit of a phase there in high school where just love songs. You know, I, I was a bit of a softy and, and broke, got my heart broken a few times. And so of course there were some of those songs Yes, and, and really hadn't, I guess, felt motivated or almost hadn't crossed my mind to write a church song until getting ready to go on a mission. My best friend was getting ready to go. And, and of course at that time it was a little more formal where we would do have a missionary farewell program and things like that in church. Yeah. And so I wrote a song for his farewell and, uh, called into the light and and it just kind of got me started i just i thought you know that that's different than writing other music and there's a different purpose and a different potential result in other people's lives and stuff so that's where it started you know shortly after we're the same age so shortly after i left on my mission and i i found myself on a lot of p days writing songs for baptisms coming up and things like that and so i that's kind of that launched me into missionary songwriting and as soon as I got back, I was just thinking, man, I, I want people to hear these songs. And so it took off from there. And it, and it really, 
obviously the the songwriting skill and the style and the production those things have all progressed as i've gone along but but really from day one it, it just there's a different power in in doing that kind of music and and i've experimented with lots of different styles so it's not just about something that's on its face sacred but it can also just be positive music you know i've written i i find that with my albums my own taste is if i i'm more of a ballad guy but it and you know something that really if you sit there is just gonna hit you with a spirit but i i also feel artistically like i would be asleep by the end of a full album of that kind of music yes and so so i do include a lot of more upbeat stuff and i guess to the theme of of your your show that you do here i wrote a song called it only takes one and and that's one that's uh, kind of been a lasting one from a few albums and it's just about how it, it's upbeat kind of groovy and it's about how you know just one person can can change someone's life or or turn the tides into something positive and and i even my daughter's dating a, a young guy right now and and somehow he got onto my music and and now he's a fan of my music and it's that one song right so you just never know which one piece of music is going to reach one individual absolutely. as well. Absolutely. Oh, that is so cool. Well, where did you serve your mission? I served in Salt Lake City Mission. And, and that one's gone through a lot of changes. But at the time, it was the Salt Lake City Mission. Wow. Pretty much based in Utah Valley with a few east and west counties outside of that. And it was amazing. I loved it. I didn't have to eat weird foods. Yes. Very similar culture. And yeah. you know that's of course with my music I'm I'm down in Utah a lot because that's where a lot of my fan base is. Yeah. But because of serving a mission, we're we're there a lot too. Just friends that that I knew, companions, families I taught. So yeah, I love it. How neat that you are able to stay connected. My husband served in Puerto Rico, and it's hard getting back there. We've been back there two times, but it's like yeah. it's not the same. Oh yeah. That's so neat that you can come back and still interact with those people. That it's not down the I-15. Right. The same way. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, Wayne, for those that are listening and that are interested in music or, or songwriting that think, how, well, first of all, how in the world do you start writing a song? And for me, it's the music and lyrics come at the same time. And sometimes it's at really inconvenient time. So I have a recorder on my phone and I'll just ah, start singing into my my voice recorder and then get home and sort of map it out. But how, how do you write a song, number one? And number two, I'd love to expand on the idea about how it's different when you are writing songs, when your testimony is involved and when you're, and when you're talking about the Savior Jesus Christ. And I'd love to hear an experience where you were writing a song where you felt like, oh, this is just, this is just coming to me. I'm not, I'm, I'm writing oh, yeah. something that is coming. And, and it, that's hard sometimes for people to under like what do you mean by that what do you mean and and i've had experiences where that's happened where i felt like i'm the vessel where this message is coming through and it's a very unique and spiritual experience so i'd love to hear about how you go about writing songs and an experience that you've had where you've had a song come to you sure and a couple questions there so maybe just starting as a songwriting uh, process for me music comes super easy for me and and probably most songs for me begin with the lyrical idea maybe okay. the hook the hook line or something that i think oh yeah i mean i, I want to write about that i've got this angle on it or a, a feeling that i want to expand lyrically 
but then I sit at the piano and, and the music just comes really quick. And then I kind of fight with the lyrics for the rest of the process. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, certainly it's come to the point where that's a lot easier. You know, any craft, you you learn it, you practice it, you get better. Yeah. So it's not so much a battle on the lyrical end, and I'm happy with how things turn out. But but certainly, you know, I could be in a good place 15 minutes later as far as where the music's going, but but sometimes a little more process for the lyrics. Okay. Um, and and you know, I've I, I wrote country music for a lot of years, and when co- COVID came, I I stopped going. I couldn't leave the country. So yeah. I, I stopped going to Nashville. And, and then after that, it just kind of got where, I, you know, I've got so much on my table and I'm trying to reconnect with people. I'm, I'm just going to do my church music. So in, yeah. in country music, everybody co-writes. Like, yes. it's like 100% almost. And, and so I think that really kind of got me in that groove where, where you can really gain from writing with other people and kind of combine your talents. And so I think that's become a lot of what I do with my church music too. I've I, I write a lot with Tyler Castleton and we've produced some albums together. And and so some of that process, you know, I can't attribute to my own style necessarily because a lot of it comes together with other people. As far as your question about some time when I just felt like kind of take your hands off the wheel and let it take its own course, I, I've i had that several times and I've, I've had, maybe I'll just tell you quickly about two. I wrote one song called The Face of Jesus and of course... Those are the songs where I get emotional, but I, I had, I'm a doctor by day, day <laughs> music writer by night. And I had this little patient named Jackson and he's blind and he has, happened to be a member of the church. And, and in, they asked his mom to speak in state conference. And, and she said in her talk that she just w- was so caught up in, in the feeling that one day he would see the face of Jesus. And even though he was blind, that that would be taken away and that would basically be the, the first experience in the next life potentially that he gets to to experience and so so i wrote the song called the face of jesus and and just writing it that i guess concept and, and emotion that that would be part of that just you know i just kind of sat there and cried and other times since then you know when i when i've sung that song and and you know you just feel like okay that that song had to happen and yeah and things came together to to introduce me to that to that message again oh, and beautiful that one goes back a little ways i took it to his home with him and his mom and played it for them and that was a pretty neat experience too oh i'm when sure I could do that, that was and one other one that's a little more recent i on the album that's just coming out this fall called live your love i've got a song on there called god of all and and really in the last couple of years that's been the one that is really just Kind of floored me as a participant in in that process. I I was experiencing a you know it's it's like when you go to church and you study and you pray how how these ideas come that you looking back you think okay so there's nothing new about that <laughs> you know like why was that so profound and yet personally it is and then you realize yeah it's because it's so important. It just struck me one day and not because of bumping into someone on the street or anything. But just how much God loves everybody, and we we can get pretty sometimes guilty of being a little elitist, being members of the true church, and feeling like well we we kind of have this corner on on God's guidance and His love and everything. But but it just struck me how how much 
he is involved in every life. And that includes people who don't know who he is, you know, and he's right there involved. And they'll discover that later, but involved in blessing their lives and, and people that hate him. You know, he's somehow finding ways to bless their lives and, and loving them. And so just, I, I thought I've got to sit down and I wrote this song called, the, called God of All. And it just seems like, you know, I don't know if the title really tells you how personal the message is when you get into the song, because it's not about just someone out there that oversees the world. It's about, about how intimately close he is to us, even if we're not the ones seeking him out. And that one had to be sung by another singer. I just, I, I sometimes have guest singers and I, I love involving other talents. And Hannah Iyer, uh, she was one of the contenders on The Voice, and she's worked with me on a few different projects. And so she recorded this bef- right before she left on her mission. Oh, and, wow. And I hung on to it. Now she's come back already, and we're just about to release the song. And and she learned Spanish, and so we're going to release it in Spanish as well with her singing it. And, and that's one where I just kind of sat and wept at the piano and tried to see what I was writing and <laughs> yeah. that kind of thing. And And, you know... <laughs> Every time I sing it or tell it, it just kind of resurfaces those emotions of, of the spirit just taking over and saying what needs to be said. Oh, that is such a beautiful thought. One of my very favorite movies is The Count of Monte Cristo. And when Edmund is talking to the preacher and the preacher is dying and he said, use this treasure map only for good. And he's like, no, I'm not. I'm going to use it for my gain and I'm going to get back at the people that wronged me. And he said, no, let God help you. And he said, I don't believe in God. And the preacher said, it doesn't matter. He believes in you. And that's what I think about when I think about you explaining this song, the God of all, how I think it's so... it's such a beautiful and important thought that even if you're going through a faith crisis or someone you love is and and they don't believe in God or don't maybe mm-hmm. don't even know who he is it doesn't matter he he knows them and he believes in them and loves them and it's it, it, he hasn't forgotten anyone and, yeah. and and what a beautiful reminder that he is the god of all of us and a reminder to us to look at others that way too, that he, he loves our brothers and sisters of other faiths and religion and even no faith in religion as much as he loves us, but that, but that there is a very tangible and unique difference in your life when, when you choose to make the Savior the center of your life and, and, yeah. and a part of that. And I can't wait to hear that song, especially sung by Dana. Yeah. Yes. I'll definitely, definitely get it in your hands. And you know, oh. these kind of songs, I think that really are the ones that stand out from the rest through that sure. songwriting experience. I think just now the thought crossed to me that there are messages people need to hear, but they're also a process that needs to humble me. Like both of those messages just kind of put me in my place and say, remember, you know, be humble yes. and uh, just do, do what I want you to do. Right. And, and, and that is the key because for me, if I if I'm like oh, I have to write the song for this specific reason, it seems like it never works out. Like oh, I, I need to write a, a good song. I need I I want it. I want the song to get recognized, or I want people to hear it. Versus, oh, I'm just gonna write a song that is sharing my testimony or or 
that would help someone else. Or I, I wrote a song for my grandpa before he passed away. And it's like, those are the ones that mean something and matter, even if nobody else yeah. hears it. You know, those are the ones that that do stand out and have special meaning. The songs that are that are just for you, and and, for and sure. maybe even just are the ones that strengthen your testimony too. Yep, everybody's blessed if we do it the right way. Absolutely. So, tell us a little bit about working in Nashville, writing with Nashville songwriters, working in Utah and and songwriters. When you're writing as a group, is there ever, well, I I think that should be this way, or what about this? Or do you kind of get into a flow of, you write this verse, I'll write this verse? Or is it some, for me, sometimes it was like line for line. Like we'd each kind of just start singing things and, oh, we should go with this, something in time, and maybe you and I, da da da, all the line. Like we'll just kind of, it just kind of meshes on top. ideas. Yeah. Yeah. How does it work for you? Yeah. You know, maybe Nashville's a bit of a unique, as much as I, you know, you do that type of thing in lots of settings, Nashville, a lot of times you, and I'm sure you know some of this, but you, you get dropped into, it's like a blind date. And it really is. That's Hi, I'm Wayne. And you know, two minutes later, you're writing a song together. And sometimes you're familiar with each other's material. Sometimes you're not. And so I, I think there's a bit more of a kind of a tug, a tug of war, a small tug of war that can happen, but you know, generally if you're being paired up you're both good songwriters you both know what works and and you know you quickly kind of get into the groove together so it's a pretty complimentary process and and a lot of times i mean in the nashville world i'm a little of a smaller fish and so there's a bit of a seniority thing like well we're going to default to you you're the guy with the publishing deal or whatever right but it's it's a it's a trade-off and i think if you get past that blind date stuff, okay, you go on and write more songs and everything. And sometimes it's a one-off and you, you're glad that you're not <laughs> getting together again. I was going to ask, I was going to say, have you had any really bad songwriting experiences where you're like, oh my goodness. never again? <laughs> yes. Yeah. We've, I've had some pretty bad ones, not many, but, but occasional ones. And, and the, the neat thing is, I mean, there's so many good people down there. Like, you know, you end up with a friend even if you don't really think you're going to write together again, there, there's just a lot of cool people. And and so it's a good experience. I think when it comes down to the church stuff, you know, more recently I've been writing a lot with Tyler and we've probably written, you know, 50 songs together or whatever. So we, we're in so much a groove together that it, sure. it just doesn't really happen where we're like tugging in different directions. Right. And, and I think when you're writing stuff that's for the spirit, for spiritual reasons, you, you do, you already have such a strong foundation. Like, sure. you know, you, there's, there's so much built into us that we don't recognize that's cultural. You know, we, we use the same, I mean, all of us in the church, we use the same lingo. We know what we do on Sundays, all that stuff. It, when you start to just express something, and in this case, it's a song you you can tell like i mean you're you're in the groove together kind of right. like when you when you have someone that's a new convert gets up and says a prayer in church you can tell i mean they the the lingo is a little different and it's yeah. heartfelt and you feel a spirit but but there's a there's a they're less engulfed in the culture of the church and and so even with songwriting i mean when you've both just been deep in church music and you've both been deep in the church for so long in your lives it's it's pretty compatible and you know i it, this the spirit leads us to things that we didn't think we we're going to go to that just yeah. like we wrote a song a while back it went on one of Deseret Books projects for youth 
it wasn't EFY, but, and it's called free. And we end up writing this about addiction. And, you know, it just was just nothing we thought we would have written. Like, you know, and nobody really shows up like, hey, we really need a song about addiction. And, and yet it, it's a song about, about how letting the Lord take over your will and your, what, you, what you seek for helps you be free of everything else. And so it's not, it's not really about addiction. It's about how we were free of that because of the Lord. And, and, you know, stuff like that, it comes out and you think, you know, this is something people need, but it, nobody like sat there and said, well, let's formulate what the next thing is to put in their hands, you know? Yeah. And so sometimes the, the song feels odd at the time and then you just discover how, how fitting it is. Well, and I, I I totally agree with what you said is when when you invite the spirit to be in in that setting and to help you that you'll be guided to say the right things and even the even down to the music. I mean, it, the script, you know, in the Doctrine and Covenants, when the Lord is talking to Emma Smith, he says, The song of the righteous is a prayer unto me. And it it is. It it songs can be like prayers and and really can help people through some of the darkest and most difficult times in their life. There's sometimes it's like uh, words are inadequate, but but words in a song or music is different. Yeah. It can kind of say or you can feel wh- what you can express. Have Have you ever been in a situation, Wayne, where you did not like the topic that was being written about, or that you, the spirit wasn't there? That you're like, you know what, this is either the wrong direction, or I'm not comfortable writing or talking about that and maybe lost a deal because of it? Well, in country music, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, every other song is about alcohol down. Right. And, and yeah. you know what, when I wrote, and so more so in country music, I would say yes. My, my brother, Alan, and I, we did a lot of the country music writing together. So we'd go down there and, and, and we very quickly had to just establish that, you know, this is who we are as songwriters and as individuals, what we believe. And we just don't want to go certain places, you know? And, and yeah, especially with a, with a, one of those first date type of writing, you know, you jump in there and, and they're thinking, well, what sells, <laughs> you know? Right. And, and, um, you know, it, I think we've been blessed to just upfront say, you know, that we just don't want to go there. And, and, and really, I've found that people have respected that. I, I haven't had a bunch of grumpy co-writers over that, you know, and they're going to write a new one that afternoon. They can do it then, you know? And so I, but I've found that I, it gives you a lot more security just to be upfront about it. It's really hard to backtrack. And, you know, For sure. Yeah. we've had a couple of songs that when we finished, I thought, ah, oh, gee, I, I don't know if we should have kept that lyric or something. And, you know, it's hard to backtrack. And so I think kind of like, um, President Monson said, you know, it's it's a lot easier to be obedient 100% of the time than 99% of the time. Right. And 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 sometimes in those settings, it's just, uh, you know, the more that you really sit down and know who you are as a person, the more you can just confidently go forward and have, not have those roadblocks to what you're trying, trying to accomplish. For sure. My son asked me the other night, he said, Mom, what if someone was asked to be in a movie and there was a swear word in the line, but it was a movie where you were really famous and you're making a lot of money and there was a swear word. And I was like, 
well, what swear word, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there's like the le- there's like the Bible hierarchy. swear word. <laughs> yeah, there's a hierarchy of, of no. And I said, well, I said I would either maybe ask to not say that line or see if they could change change it or maybe I don't know, maybe you'd have to walk walk away from that movie and he's like, "What?" And I said there was I, I was singing a song Nashville same thing when I recorded an album there and I was pitched a song and it was the most like benign thing ever but it said give me sweet tea from a mason jar and I was like it's a very southern for those oh for sure (laughs) sweet tea is like everyone drinks sweet tea we don't we we don't drink tea and and sweet tea or it's not whiskey it's not whiskey (laughs) right and so I was like I don't know if I should sing this line or not and I know this seems really silly, but I actually asked my bishop and I'm like, I don't, this is like technically against the word of wisdom, but it's such a, it's just sweet tea. And I, I didn't want to offend the writers. They're like, what yeah. is the big deal with singing this line? So I actually, I'm like, but, but also it's not me. Like I would never drink sweet tea. So I would never sing about that because I don't drink that. And so yeah, I'm like, what if I just change it to lemonade? Give me lemonade from a mason jar. They were totally cool with that. And so that was yeah. an instance where they were like, sure, in the same song that says, you know, singing, thank God I'm a country girl. And I'm like, hmm, well, I, I don't really use that phrase either. We don't really say, oh, yeah. thank God for this. But it's a song based on, you know, thank God I'm a country boy. Yeah. And same thing, my bishop's like, I think that I'm fine with that. It's talking about God and it's not, it's, it's not in a profane way. It's you're, you're singing about something you're grateful for and whatever. Yeah. So, so I kept that line. So you actually mean it. <laughs> yeah. And so some, sometimes it's, is it, is it really that big of a deal or you sing about, I don't know, you know, you get drunk on a late night and, but is that a big deal? But I found that in my life that even if there's a question, don't do it. And and sometimes it's the silliest thing, but my mom used to say that if you're questioning it, just don't do it. Just just stay safe. If you're like, is this an okay topic? Maybe this is pushing the line yeah. a little. Don't I do think it. it. I think you develop confidence the more you make those decisions. For and sure. I know, I, I'm not sure exactly what demographic is the, the biggest one listening to your podcast, but for the youth that are listening, you know, it's not just when you get to that big leading role in Hollywood, like right. you're going to be in high school and they're going to have a play or they're going to have a song like that comes at you pretty early in life. And so you, you really have to make a decision quite early because once you've not made that decision, then you've, you've kind of set it aside so many times it can be harder to get that way again. It's true. And I think what you said is also true. The more, you stand by your beliefs and your values, the easier it becomes. And when you are faced with that really hard decision one day that seems, oh, this could wash me away. You've already made so many little decisions up until that point that it's almost easy to be like, well, of course I wouldn't do that because I haven't done everything, you know, leading up to it. It, yeah. it becomes easier to stand your ground and yeah. to say, no, I'm not going to do that because you've said no. You've had practice saying no and standing your ground so many times before. Yeah, you, you either get into stronger good habits or bad habits. So tell me about the album that you have coming up, the one that's coming out here in October called Live Your Love. Is there a yeah. song on the album called Live Your Love? Yeah, that's the title song. And, okay. and it's really like it's the most pop I've gone. Oh, and so uh, it's it's very upbeat and, and punchy. And, and really, it's just saying, you know, 
it's kind of a story talking to somebody and it's saying, you know, you're living a good life, you're doing the right things. Something feels like it's missing though. And, and how do you, how do you build from that? You go out and serve people. And I love that. And it's just saying, you know, share the light that you've been given, walk the talk and, and, you know, make the difference on for people. And so it's just a fun one. Like I, I just got one of the mixes back recently and played it for some people at work and they're all dancing around and stuff. So it's, it's a, not your typical Wayne Burton song, but really I, you know, I, I love having fun if it's just something really positive. And so that a lot of the songs on the album are about just going outside of yourself and, and being a disciple of Christ, you know, and in sometimes little ways, just positive ways not always something that's going to get written in a church history book, you know? Yeah. So that particular song, that's, that's kind of what it is. It's just, a, it's just a pop upbeat tune. And I mentioned another one that's on the album that's called God of all that'll be on yeah. Hannah singing. And, um, you know, I end up with a few, few guest artists. I have a song on there called the missionary's prayer. And actually that's my top download right now from my website, because I have sheet music on my website. It was on EFY. So people go looking for it. And it's one that I wrote with Tyler. And so they find the sheet music on my site. So it's going to come out again, released on my album. And yeah, it's just a big mix of stuff. I've got a, a, a song I'm doing with a bunch of the members of Vocal Point awesome. uh, that's going to be an a cappella song. And I just like to try new stuff. Like, so I, on this song, it's called God is Bigger. And and I thought, I'm going to write a song without any instrument, which I've never done before. Like, I'm always getting on the piano or the guitar yeah. or whatever. And so I purposefully, like, hands off, no piano, nothing, and just kind of all in my head, other than writing down lyrics. And it was kind of some work. And, you know, what chord am I doing in my head? It just, it, I, I stretched myself, put it that way. And, and it was going to be a cappella. And so I, I got a hold of McKay Crockett, who is an amazing guy. Oh, yeah, I know McKay. He's yeah. awesome. So he's, he's arranging it and get some guys for singing it, and, and I'll be with oh, them. Cool. And so it's just, I'm sure it'll be another punchy kind of a fun one. And it just says, you know, it doesn't matter what barriers in your way. doesn't matter what trial you're facing, what temptation you're struggling with. God's bigger, right? And, and so hopefully it's not, it doesn't feel irreverent. I, well, I'm, no. try, I'm trying not to have it turn out that way. No, but I think you can celebrate stuff. And in our church, we we have a bit of a sober way of doing things, which maybe is a little more than it needs to be. And yeah. so this is just going to be a fun one that just says, you know, let's celebrate that. That that it doesn't really matter what it is. God's bigger than that. So we'll have that one coming out too. We're just getting it recorded here. Hopefully in another week and. Yeah, things are coming together. Oh, quickly, I so love that. And watch where can, for live your love. Where can they find that? Where can people? You mentioned your website. Tell us what that is, and where else yeah. can people download your music? So WayneBurton.com is where we have the whole catalog. We have sheet music. We have even hard copy CDs, awesome. uh, do downloads, and Open stuff. I do a lot of annual youth theme songs. We have the music on there, and for the year that it's like this year, that song's free. So you can jump on oh. there and get free youth music. Um, and then, of course, um, your favorite uh, place to stream music, Spotify, Apple, it'll all have that. We don't have a release date quite yet, but okay. I'm expecting kind of second half of October. Okay. And I'm sure people out there will hear about it. 
Well, it sounds like there's something for everyone. It's upbeat songs and acapella songs. And I love that you're continuing to stretch yourself as a creator and as a songwriter. And to have someone like Vocal Point do, I think that's amazing. And I agree with you that we can be joyful and celebratory in our faith, just as we can be reverent and respectful. And certain occasions and songs will require different things, but I think we can sing with joy and praise. And in the scriptures, it talks about angels praising God and singing and and being yeah. being loud about it and not irreverent, but being bold in our faith. And I love that you are doing that because it's it's good to have fun, uplifting music that you can dance and sing and celebrate to as well as put on Sunday and have sweet and quiet in the background. We need yeah. both. You bet. Yeah, it's because it's our life, right? You. It is. It's not just a Sunday thing, and we wanna, we wanna, in all aspects of our life, have ways to soak up the blessings and to yes. share those blessings with others. Absolutely. Well, Wayne, it has been a pleasure talking with you today and learning a little bit about the songwriting process and all these incredible songs that you are sharing with others. I can't wait to check out all of your music but especially the one coming up your your live and loves album thank you so much for sharing your heart and for all the good you are doing awesome thank you so much Herbert, and I'm so excited to tell you about an amazing app that my whole family loves. It's called Our Turtle House, and it's full of literally thousands of hours of full-length talks, just like the old talk on CDs or talk on tapes, from some of your favorite Latter-day Saint speakers like John By the Way, Mick Johnson, Hank Smith, me, and a ton more. Plus, there's podcasts, firesides, devotionals, come follow me resources, and entertaining content your whole family will enjoy truly all in one little app and you can use promo code doing good all one word at checkout and you get a full month free so check it out and sign up at ourturtlehouse.com see you soon